Hosting for Your Tech Life, proudly provided by Web Central. Everything technology, from computers to mobile phones, TVs and the internet. Information you want, want. all the help you need. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. Did you miss me? I don't think you did. Maybe you did. I got a couple of messages. No, thank you very much for your patience. Uh, had a great week last week with the family. Uh, we went to Queensland. That's a lot of flying with little kids. <laughs> but I do have friends that just went to London, so uh, I can't can't and shan't complain. Uh, had a very non-tech week. I did tweet and Instagram a little bit, but that's just more sharing, you know, what's going on with family and friends and, and you, my good listeners, on Twitter. Uh, very interesting, though. I went to a medieval festival, so couldn't get more low-tech than that, could I? Uh, watching jousting, sword fighting, and such things. So that was uh, nice and low-tech, but uh, great week off, and uh, thank you for your patience. Uh, we're here each and every week, except for last week. Thanks to the good people at Garmin. Garmin Satellite Navigation, GPS Technologies, and that uh, that new Approach S6 watch is uh, coming very soon. Great product if you're into golf. Now, so much to talk about tonight. I can't, I've made a list. I've made, I always make a list, to be honest. Um, we're going to talk about Apple on a couple of fronts. In fact, three fronts. One of which is a more detailed conversation, but a couple of things they've launched. Um, I want to tell you about a camera I've been using for the last little while, actually, um, including having taken it to uh, Sweden and, and, and to Brisbane last week. Um, there's headphones to talk about. There's fitness trackers, although I, I feel like I've told you about that already. Or did I, did I just write about it? So I'll come back to that one, but we think we'll do that. The success and the scale of the FIFA World Cup online will blow your mind, absolutely blow your mind, uh, and uh, lots more plus, including a very interesting little service I've discovered. Uh, it's not available in my area, but gee whiz, if you live in the inner city of Sydney, you may, we may be onto something here. This is, um, this is a great thing, and it's all about home delivery. Uh, you won't quite understand or believe until I tell you, and we'll talk to the founder of that company soon. You are listening to Your Tech Life. All right, thank you for listening, as I say. Um, now, a couple of things from Apple. iTunes Extra. Uh, now, you know, five, ten years ago, we were buying DVDs. They said, you know, DVD extras. There was uh, deleted scenes. There was director's cuts. There was different audio. There was all these cool things you could get on a DVD. It was kind of an incentive to get a DVD instead of a VHS uh, when it first came about, and it was it was a way of upselling the concept of a DVD. Well, uh, that that did actually exist. Uh, some years ago, digitally. Uh, but it's now come back to Apple's iTunes. Now, it's called uh, iTunes Extra. Uh, you can get it on your iTunes on your computer or on your Apple TV on a on a variety of HD movies. Now, we're talking about Frozen and Thor, and oh, I think there's there's a few titles there. But essentially, you don't pay extra. You just, when you buy the movie through iTunes or, or your um, Apple TV, you now get access to these added features and it's pretty cool i mean you know uh for frozen for example which my daughter absolutely is well i'm going to say addicted to uh there, there's a, there's a making of which i'm going to sit down and watch myself forget her forget victoria i'm going to watch the making of because i love that kind of um you know computer generated uh, movie making it's it's fantastic it's fascinating to watch i've seen pixar stuff in the past so this is a 
uh, a, a Disney movie. I look forward to seeing it. Um, so that's that's all now available through iTunes Extra. All you've got to do is have an Apple TV or your iTunes, and you've got to set it to HD. So you've got to be buying the HD version. Now, I know that costs more normally, um, but buy the HD version, get the special extras and the full quality picture, and you might like what Apple has to offer there, but it's uh, it's good to see them back, the, um, the extras, uh, but now available digitally on iTunes. So the other thing Apple launched or announced today... Uh, was quite interesting, actually. Um, this was trade-ins. Now, they didn't call it trade-ins. They call it reuse. Uh, reuse and recycle. So what happens now is you can take into the 21 Apple stores uh, in Australia, which, by the way, as Apple um, proudly states, are now all powered by renewable energy, uh, which is, you know, an important thing for a company of that scale to show they're doing their bit. Um, the concept is quite simple. You take your old phone or your old iPad and you get a credit towards the purchase of a new device. So if you've got an iPhone 4 or 4S, uh, I don't think they're doing 5s or 3s. Uh, but if you've got a 4 or 4S, you can now take your phone in and get a potential $250 credit. Now, of course, if it's cracked, smashed, bashed, beaten, it's not worth 250 to them or you. Uh, they'll give you less. But the genius inspects it, looks at it, and I would suspect, and I did get some tweets about this, it would need to be all genuine, genuine screen, genuine battery, and all that kind of stuff. But, yeah, essentially, um, you can get a trade-in. Now, you know, a new iPhone's 700 bucks or so. But, uh, you know, there are services online where you can donate, let alone sell, your phone. And that's great, but just to be able to walk into a store and do it, whole stack easier. So we'll probably see that those online services hot up in terms of their their push for this and they're promoting their services. But to be honest, I've got a um, I've got an iPad two cracked screen. The kids use it, and I just think trade that in, trade that in for a, maybe a four, not an Air, maybe a four. So I probably only get, I, you know, it'd be very interesting. And I, I actually I probably will take it in because if I got a hundred bucks for it, I'd do it because I reckon it's worth it. I really do. Anyway, um, if you've got an old iPhone uh, and you want to upgrade and you, you can buy outright, this makes the outright purchase easier now because uh, you can trade them in or reuse and recycle at Apple stores. The program is called Reuse and Recycle at the 21 Apple stores across Australia. Check it out. Um, and I've written about that at eftm.com.au. Now, breaking news. Breaking news. And this has been quite a popular uh, story today on, uh, on EFTM. Um, I've quit Android. I quit Android. I've been using Android. Now, let's be very clear and open about this, right? I I don't have to buy phones. I get a lot of phones sent to me. And they, they last long enough. If you've got them for three weeks or a month, another one comes. So kind of don't need to own a phone. But, uh, you know, but I've bought an outright phone for my wife. I've got an outright phone um, from a few years ago, an iPhone 4, that I have in case the world ends and, and I need a phone. It's there. Um, but I had an iPhone 5S. Um, it was launched uh, last year, and, and Apple gave me a long-term review one. And the six months came up, and I, I probably could have asked to keep it but for, for another few months. But I, I sent it back. Now, I sent it back, and I wanted to not have it near me because I knew that the temptation would probably bring me back. So I didn't have an iPhone 5 around. I had a Samsung Galaxy S5. I had a HTC One. I had an Xperia, Sony Xperia Z2. I had a Sony Xperia Z1 Compact. I had a Moto X. 
all in the course of the last three and a half months. And I loved it. I was stuck passionately in the Android ecosystem. And uh, I've got my music in Google Play Music. Um, the apps that I needed were all there. But I've decided I'm leaving you, is what I've said. I'm leaving you, Android. And it's a tough one because it's probably not an everyman decision. This is a very personal thing. Uh, but certainly, I don't want the big screen of the of the One and the Galaxy S5. I still think the One's the best smartphone out there. Quality of build, power, performance, it's all good. It's not for me. The iPhone 5S is small. I love how small it is. I've forgotten how light it was in my hand. But it's also very small to use. So I wonder if perhaps um, the iPhone 6 will just give me that extra little bit of size compared to, say, a Moto X or a Sony Xperia Z1 Compact. Um, but anyway, I'm back on the iPhone. And what I've written about, and I will update this regularly because I think it will change and add, the things I'll miss about Android. Uh, the first one is customization. You can do so much with these phones. I installed a whole new look and feel to my Android phone with a thing called Yahoo Aviate, and it was just a great interface for your phone, really easy to use. It, knew, it started to learn about you, well configured. I thought it was excellent. Um, and, and what I did was, um, you know, I love that. So I can't get that with the iPhone. So that's a, that's a big disappointment for me. And the second one is similar. It's the widgets. It, it frustrates me that I can't have great widgets like the racing elements, which I love, my Formula One photos. But even things like uh, Twitter and Facebook, they have great widgets, which mean you don't have to open the app. You just scroll through the discussion right there on the, on the home screen. I think widgets is a big missing feature of, of iOS. And I've been saying that for some time. Another one is uh, Facebook chat heads. Now, if you've got an iPhone and you've got messages installed and Facebook, you'll know what I mean. When you're in Facebook, these little heads appear. You can chat to people uh, and then you can drag them to disappear them. But the problem is on an iPhone, if you're not in Facebook, you don't get the chat heads. On an Android phone, if you're on Twitter, email, photos, whatever, a chat head appears over the top of everything else. You can drag it around. You can close it. You can chat to people, whatever app you're in. It's very good. It is a very good thing, and it really integrates Facebook across the platform. So highly recommend that as well, and I will miss it. Favorite contacts. Now, I know in an iPhone, I can open up the dialer, and, and I can see exactly what, you know, I can see favorite contacts there. Uh, and I can save favorites, but it doesn't learn them, uh, whereas Android is learning them for me. Plus, I can create widgets. There, on my Android phone, and I put photos of this on EFTM, I can have a button that I press on the home screen, and it opens up an SMS to my wife. Uh, I can have a button that just simply calls my wife at one press of a button. That's cool. And I tell you, it's very useful. Very useful. So that's cool. Smartwatches. I'm going to miss my Samsung Gear 2 because it's good. It really is. And I hope that Apple comes out with a smartwatch, but I hope they get it right because the Gear 2 is good, but it's restricted to, to Samsung only, not even other Android phones. So that's a problem. I'm going to miss those things. They are all excellent features of Android phones, but I can live without them. Because some of the things that frustrate me about Google is pop-up messages of asking you to choose this and that. You want to open a link, a YouTube video, a photo. What do you want to use? Gallery, photo, Samsung link, Dropbox. I mean, geez, give me a break. 
Why are there two browsers on the phone? Why, when I open a link, does it say, do you want to use Chrome or the internet? Just use Chrome or just use the internet and let me, as an advanced user, choose something else. That's annoying. I have found that the responsiveness of Android phones degrades. Whether it's just overuse or, or too much being done, I just feel like sometimes it gets a bit sluggish. So I don't know whether the, whether the operating system needs a bit of work. Uh, the gallery is frustrating because I don't know why there are two of them on the phone and every phone does it differently. They've got to use the KISS principle and keep it simple here. It really is frustrating. And I think they could... They, they, the gallery, the photos, whatever you want to call it on iPhone, simple and easy to use. And that's what people want. Simple and easy to use. The Play Store needs work. It's good, but not great. There's still too much crap there, which is great for boosting your numbers, but it ruins the experience in terms of the app experience, I think. And then on apps, I think the app design is a problem. I think some apps just don't look as good and as clean and as fresh as they do on iOS. Now, I don't know if that's the platform or whether it's the difficulty in developing the platform, but it's a, it's a challenge. And I think people will go to Android and go, oh, it's a bit ugly. So they need to work on that. Look, Android is fantastic and it has never been better. Never been better. I was able to stay with Android for three and a half months without concern. I took a Moto X around the world. I had my Samsung while with me on holidays. Great phones. But for me, as someone who's used an iPhone and who has Apple ecosystem existing at home, there's just benefits to um to, to the iPhone that I think Android still has a long way to go on. It's a big debate. It's a it's a constant and continual argument among people, but I think I think it's holding it forward. I think it's a very personal thing uh, and not much more than that. I'd love to know what you think. Uh, check um, out my, my story about that at, uh, at eftm.com.au uh, and send me your thoughts. Send me an email, um, eftm.com.au. Click on the email, Trevor Long, or uh, jump on Twitter. Say good day, uh, twitter.com forward slash Trevor Long, or if you're on Twitter already, at Trevor Long. Talk to you online. And we do it all thanks to the good people at Garmin. Garmin Vivo Fit is that cracking little um, uh, fitness band. It's 159 bucks. Uh, you can find them in a lot of retailers, including sports stores like Rebel. This is the fitness band that moves at the pace of your life. It learns your activity level and assigns you a personalized daily goal. Uh, it displays your steps, your calories, your distance, your monitors, your sleep. It pairs with a heart rate monitor if you've got one. It has over a year of battery life. Stunning. And you can save, plan, and share your progress on the Garmin Connect system, the website. Uh, excellent stuff. The personalized daily goals is, is the real feature of the Garmin VivoFit because uh, it learns your activity and assigns you an attainable daily goal. And as you meet your milestones, the VivoFit adjusts your goal for the next day, gradually nudging you towards a healthier lifestyle. So it's a great way of, uh, of approaching health and fitness uh, and well-being. Uh, and it's called the VivoFit, V-I-V-O Fit, VivoFit from Garmin. Check it out at garmin.com.au. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. Now, the other thing I want to tell you about was uh, the Samsung NX30. Now, this is a uh, digital camera. It's not a digital SLR because it, only, it doesn't have... It's mirrorless, so it's not a single-lens reflex. I don't know. It's complicated, techy camera stuff that you and I don't need to worry about. But it's a bloody good quality camera. This is much a big step up from, certainly, smartphone and certainly from... Uh, lower-priced digital cameras. This is about a $1,000 item. Uh, it's Samsung's flagship camera, 
interchangeable lenses, which is great if you want to get right into it. Fully manual controls if you need them, but some great auto settings. It has an Android, um, I don't know if it is actually Android, but it certainly has an Android uh, uh, looking interface on the back, which allows you to Wi-Fi connect and do things like, um, you can email from it, but most importantly, biggest feature for me, which I reckon you've got to check out, was the Wi-Fi link. I had a smartphone and the camera. Now, the best example was the Speedway Grand Prix in uh, Malila in uh, Sweden. I'm standing there snapping away photos, four races, they take a break. I sit down in the break, I open my smartphone, I turn the camera onto mobile link. And what happens then is the phone is, is ready to accept photos and I can choose on the touch screen of the camera, I can choose the photos that I want to send across to my camera. I choose them all, I hit send and it transfers them via a direct Wi-Fi connection. And then I can do whatever I want with them. I can tweet them, I can share them, I can put them on Facebook. It's so cool. Because the thing is, you think you want to take your phone because that's what you want to do, you want to share. But you're missing out on quality. You're missing out on the quality of photos that comes from a solid, big-sensored, big-lensed camera. You know, I've got another one here, which I'll tell you about in a few weeks, called the um, Samsung Galaxy Zoom, which is uh, it's a Galaxy phone, but it's got a big lens on the back, which zooms out and all this kind of stuff. I don't know why you'd buy this, but the quality isn't great because it doesn't have this big lens on it. It has a good lens, but better than a normal smartphone, but nothing like what um, what is uh, what is in the NX30. So well worth checking out. Um, I think it's a great product. And to be honest, it's easy to use. So you don't have to learn all the techniques of the big Canons and, and Nikons. I think I took some good photos. I put a couple of them up on the website. Um, the speedway photos, I, I think they're okay. Um, and, uh, and the, the system that links to your smartphone is phenomenal. I'll be taking one of these to CES. I'll be asking Samsung for one. It'll be what I want to take to, to an event like CES. Um, I did use a similar thing, the iFi card, which we've talked about before, which is an SD card with Wi-Fi built into it last year, but it was patchy. So this was, this was what I wanted when I wanted it and, uh, highly recommended. So Check out my full review of the Samsung NX30, uh, their digital camera, uh, at eftm.com.au. Talking technology without the jargon. Your, Your tech, tech Life with Trevor Long. Thank you for listening. Your Tech Life. Go to the website eftm.com.au to get in touch. Say good day or jump on Twitter at Trevor Long. Let's go to calls. Good day, Christina. Hi, Trevor. How are you? I'm excellent. What can Great I do for you? you. Um, I want to find out some information about taking my phone and iPad to Europe, namely mm. Italy. Yep. Uh, I want to know whether I can do anything before I go or can I get something at the airport, either a SIM for my phone or a wireless dongle that will allow me to yep. access. Now, who's your internet? phone with Who's your phone with now? Uh, Virgin now. Virgin. Are you off but contract or are you be, on contract? It, it, will be, it will be off contract very close to when I go. I, yeah. So I so here's what I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm a massive advocate, so bear with me, but I would change the Vodafone in a heartbeat if you're traveling. Um, right. Because the Vodafone, so let's talk about your phone first and then we'll talk about your tablet. With the phone, you, you can buy SIM cards at Australia Post, which let you do things overseas, but they're complicated, they're weird phone numbers, but if you really need a phone, there are ways you can do it. You need to give your friends a different phone number while you're overseas because any use of your phone overseas is going to cause you some grief, whether it's extra costs that, yeah. you, that you can't predict or, or whatever it is. When I go overseas, I'm with Vodafone, right? And when I land, I just use my phone. 
like not like normal because they have a five dollar right. a day roaming fee, and for that fee, oh, okay. you can just use your phone like you normally would at home. So if you've got a one gigabyte allowance of data at home, you can use that one gigabyte while you're overseas as long as it's part of your normally month, normal monthly usage. If you have unlimited calls and texts when you're here at home with Vodafone, when you're in Italy, you can call unlimited calls and texts within Italy as well okay, and, right. and unlimited calls back to, um, back to Australia. So, right. you know, that, that to me is a fantastic offer. It's a fantastic approach. I've used it myself. I think it's great. So that would, that's what I would but do with one, your phone. But one gig of data isn't a lot. Oh, no, no. Um, it, no, no. It's, it's whatever you have. So I have five gig, right? And when I travel, right. I get to use that five gig. I used two and a half gigabytes of data in Sweden two weeks ago because I right. could. <laughs> over how long a period? That was over was two that? weeks. And what were you doing? What were you using it for? The I data? was doing everything. I was going crazy. I was just, I was streaming okay. music. I mean, I was stupid. Oh. It, it was, it was just silly. <laughs> yeah. So, but, okay. but remember, it's really, it, the, the Vodafone deal is you use your, your Australian plan overseas. So if you want a big plan, right. you can buy the big data. If you don't want a lot of plan, yep. then you, you buy a little bit of data. So, you know, it's, it's not really um, the, the, about the data. It's about the plan you choose back home. The one yep. I would recommend okay. if you don't want to go down that path, the one I would recommend is Travel Sim. Travel Sim right. is, I think they're available at Australia Post stores, but certainly they're Travel Sim dot net dot au and okay they you buy the card for i don't know 20 bucks you put 20 bucks worth of credit on it and they give you a phone number which is actually from somewhere like estonia so it's a really big weird <laughs> phone number but you you have the number before you leave so you can give it to your friends no problems at all it's free to receive calls and you pay per minute for calls but right. i wouldn't i wouldn't use it for data on your ipad the, the, the solution I would offer you is either if you've got a good plan like the Vodafone one I mentioned, just tether. So you use your yes. phone for the data. But if you don't do the Vodafone style thing, I would buy a thing called Global Gig. So it's one word, globalgig.com.au. And what you do is you buy them at Dick Smith, Coles, Big W, all these kind of places. You buy it now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's two bucks for a SIM card. And then you, then you choose a plan. And it and this works here in Australia too. So you can actually just use it as your normal home, you know, your iPad internet connection if you like. Um, yeah, but hang on. I haven't got a 3G iPad. Ah, That's why I was well, about the, if, that wireless unit, you know. If you don't have a 3G iPad, then what you do is you get a, um, you get a little hotspot. And again, Global, yep. Global Gig has those. Right, so one, okay, of those, right. Yeah. one of those little little hotspots that you carry around, and uh, you put a Global Gig SIM card in it, and in uh, in Australia it's something like uh, nine dollars a month is the kind of base plan. Um, in uh, it works in the USA, UK, and Ireland on a kind of flat rate. When you're in other countries, it's a kind of per megabyte uh, usage. But to be clear, yep. Global Gig, I think, is the cheapest you'll get in terms of using it by the megabyte. So you might pay right. $0.10 cents a meg instead of paying something extraordinary like 50 or, or a dollar to to one of the big providers. So, All right. Well, I've got Global Gig on the iPad right now, and I'll check out Travel Sim as well. They check them out. Like they're, they're, growth, they're both great off offers. Um, if you Remember, if you, if you do take your own phone, 
just understand now before you go how to turn off data roaming and things like that so you can make sure you don't get caught out by any of those nasty excess charges if you don't have a really flexible plan. Right, yeah. All right. All right. Actually, I was thinking of even removing the SIM card before I went if I was trying to buy a SIM card over there. Yeah. That oh, way. Look, uh, how long are you in Italy for? A month. Uh, and do you, are you do you speak Italian? Have you got local friends there, or no. family? Oh, we are travelling with someone who does speak the language. Yes. Right. I um I would I would in that case if you're away for a month and you don't need to take your own local phone number, so you're not worried about how people find no. you. No. Then no. Uh, when you land at the airport, don't buy one of the airport ones because they're always don't. you know special deals. Take your friend who speaks Italian and say. Where's the local 7-Eleven? You know, if you were in Australia and you wanted a SIM card, you'd go to a Caltech service station, you'd buy a SIM card, and you'd top it up with Vodafone or Optus, right? You want the local person's deal, not the traveler deal. Okay. So that's that's the big tip on that one, all right? Good luck. All right. Thank you very much. I love listening to you and Steve. Good on you. Have a great trip. Thank you. Bye-bye. Talking technology without the jargon. Your Your Tech tech Life with Trevor Long. Thank you for listening. Uh, Good to be back from a week's holiday. And, uh, geez, it's been a struggle to get the show done tonight because Telstra is having a cable internet outage uh, across Sydney, if not New South Wales at the moment. And... uh, but I've got backup. Don't worry, people. We're on backup 4G here. And um, it's interesting because earlier today I got a message on Twitter. And this is why I love Twitter. It's just such a great place to connect and, and find out what's what's going on in the world. And um, this was a, a message about a, a new service that, that is available online. And I've got to tell you, it's one of those things you go, what a great idea. The website is yourfork.com.au, as in dinner fork, your fork. .com.au. Get dinner shopping done online in five minutes and delivered in just an hour is the uh, the website promise. And the man behind it, uh, Roshan Mahana, is on the line. G'day, mate. How are you doing? Hey, not too bad. Thanks, Trevor. Mate, this is interesting because I like the idea. Now, I'm thinking, I'm, I don't know anything about it. You're going to explain it to me, but I'm thinking here you've got delivery service. Obviously, you can order a pizza. Um, you've got menu services where uh, you know you can have apps that have multiple menus, so you one app, multiple restaurants. You've got uh, obviously online shopping I can do myself with Woolies and Coles. Um, I've got Airtasker where I could say, "Hey, can someone go and get me, you know, things for dinner?" And I pay them. Feels like you're bridging all of those things to say, find a recipe, find the ingredients, tell me what you've already got in the house, and then we'll go and get it for you. Spot on, exactly. So it's oh well, like... thanks for the call. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, I should hire you as a sales guy. Like, it would be <laughs> awesome. Um, basically, in a nutshell, it is exactly that. It's trying to help reduce that kind of takeout regret. You so, know... are you are you a really lazy individual who came up with this idea? Because I've got to be honest, if I was to come up with a website, it would be chocolate on demand. Because I'm often sitting here, kids are asleep, uh, wife's asleep, or out. And you can't leave the house with kids there. And I just wouldn't mind some chocolate. So seriously, someone bring me a chocolate. Uh, is this Nothing how this came about you for you? Doing that. No, yeah, you could true. actually go online and, and order chocolate with us. Um, no, what actually happened was we um, founded Your Fork last year. And it was this marketplace between home chefs and individuals. So you could like order a home-cooked meal online. Yep. Um, and it was just so hard to scale it. Like it was so hard to deliver the food and it was so hard to find great quality chefs. And the most ironic was um, about a month and a bit ago, we were just finishing up work. It was about 6, 6.30, open up the fridge, it's empty. 
And I'm sitting there going, do I run down a cold or do I just order takeout pizza? And the irony of the situation was just like, here I am trying to do a food business and I'm contemplating <laughs> You're takeout. contemplating eating your takeout. And I thought, you know, what's wrong with this equation? Um, and so you looked at the market and went, hey, people are loving this food thing, right? Um, you know, I'm sure the fast food hasn't decreased in usage, but certainly the the home chef, as you call them, you know, the home cook through MasterChef and all the My Kitchen rules and all this, it is a it is a growing trend for people to try a little bit more, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, what we looked at was we so as we had that moment, we were just like, wouldn't it be really cool if I could just like click a button and everything I needed for this one meal just arrived? So what was you fork a year ago? Go anywhere near it. Was that the so idea a year fork, ago? Um, your fork last year or towards the start of this year was different. It was we had a whole bunch of home chefs and you kind of picked a meal that the home chefs had cooked and we would deliver it to you. Uh-huh. Um, but it was just so difficult and it was yeah. so hard to keep the quality level that we yep. wanted. Um, and so anyway, with this, we just thought, okay, look, this is such a crazy, stupid idea. Surely somebody's built it. Um, and then we started kind of alpha testing on our partners. Um, so I let my wife try it out first and I said, you know, honey, just pick a meal. And then by the time you get home, it will basically all the ingredients will be there or be on the stove. And she liked it. A couple of her friends tried it and they were like, this is insane. We thought, oh, maybe we're actually onto something. Mm. Um, and so at the moment, we're in beta and we're rolling it out across um, inner city. And the idea is it, whether you're a complete new chef or home cook and, you know, you've got no idea or whether you're somebody that watches a lot of MasterChef, um, the recipes are there. So you can either use one of ours or you can just go online and create your own meal. And um, what we do is we put that into a single kind of order click. So all you need to do it whenever you want to order it is just kind of click one button and the ingredients just arrive at your door. So I've, I've just done that. I've just clicked on, on shop and it's, uh, you know, gave me on the front page, I just clicked on Portuguese chicken. Now, to be honest, I am not a cook. Uh, I'm a pretty much steak and chips kind of guy, but hey, the idea of Portuguese chicken does not uh, concern me. So I've clicked on Portuguese chicken. It says, do I want mashed potato or chips? I'm like mashed potato. Now, if I add this to my cart, then it's saying to me, you know, what else do you want? Yeah, I definitely want some Coke. Uh, and so basically, this is going to give me the option to look at the menu, look at the the ingredients, and say, no, I've already got some of those things, uh, and then I can order it. What happens next? So I want Portuguese chicken. I, I want to make that tonight. It's probably not at 8.30, but, you know, if I'm doing this at 5 or 6, I want to do this tonight. What's What's the process? That's it. It's it's what you just went through. So if you're picking one of ours, you literally just click it, choose whatever else you want. You can add some Coke. You can add milk and bread and eggs if you want us to do a little bit of essential shopping. Um, check out, and then we'll be there within the time zone that you tell us. So you can ask for us to be there as quick as an hour, or you might say, actually, can you come in two to three hours? You know, um, Does that make sense? Yeah. So are you yeah. operating only in a small zone at the moment? Uh, so the moment we're doing the inner city, and we've just opened up Lycar two days ago. Right. Um, and what we're doing is on the Your Fork site, customers can click locations and then request locations. Right. And as we get more people requesting a location, we open up that location as well. So we put a personal shopper in that can that we can train up first, um, so they know how to go shopping, and then yeah. we email all the customers and say, okay, we're in your area. So uh, you've obviously got 
you know, the, the website overheads. But apart from that, you're really just curating a, a list of potential recipes and allowing people to, you know, build their build their shopping cart for, you know, Woolworths online shopping essentially, but you're doing it directly. So you what do you do? You send these orders out to to personal shoppers in the area who literally just go to Woolies and buy the stuff. Yeah, exactly. So they'll either go to Woolies or Coles at this stage and they'll go buy the stuff for you. And what we did was we wanted to actually bring it down to that single click. Mm. Just the idea of, you know, at the end of the day, say it's, say it's around 5.30, 6 o'clock, and I'm getting ready to go home. Last thing I want to do is kind of log on to a website and type out my entire grocery list, right? Yeah. That's that's a little bit annoying. Um, and so we thought, wouldn't it be really cool if you already had all of that saved and all you did was like just go, actually, tonight I'm cooking lasagna. Just go bring me everything I need for this lasagna dish that I know. Yeah. Um, or if I if I feel like, okay, you know, I'll, I'll try something else. I'll try somebody else's dish. You might choose a Your Fork meal or you might choose like a meal that a Your Fork customer has created. And you'll right. say, oh, yeah, I don't mind. Trevor seems to know what he's doing with a Portuguese chicken. I'll try his recipe mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and the idea was, you know, what would it look like if um, doing home cooking, getting all the groceries done for home cooking was as easy as takeaway? Yeah, right. So here's a crazy thing. Like ever since we started using it, like for us, it's really hard to go back to imagining what it used to be before we started using the product. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's like I can't remember the days when we used to actually have to make that decision about do we get takeout or head down to Coles and Woolies. Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm – I, the idea is solid, absolutely rock solid. But as a business, it must be a difficult thing to determine how you scale it because you're obviously doing it just based on demand and, and, and through select areas. But at some point, you've kind of just got to do it. And is that a thing? Is this a startup in a sense? You're looking looking for funding and those kind of things? Or are you just kind of do this as a business and grow it as a business? Uh, it's definitely a startup. So we will be looking for funding later on. But um, Prove it first. At- yeah, prove it first exactly and not be too much in a rush to go everywhere at once because hmm. we're learning stuff as we go. So, for instance, we found out, you know, sometimes we'll put a meal up, we'll, the shoppers will get to the shop and then say, ooh, you know, that one ingredient isn't there. Um, so, for instance, if, you know, you've asked for a Thai green curry paste or Thai green curry and then we get to the shops and there's no Thai green curry paste, it kind of makes the rest of the dish irrelevant. Yeah, and what we've learned is okay. How do you manage that situation so Very that the customer point. has a great, great experience? Um, so the way we do it is we just call you up and say, what you know, "That do? isn't available. <laughs> what would you like to do?" And all you do is you pick another meal, and we'll go and assemble all the ingredients for that meal. Yeah. Which, when you think about it, is a whole lot easier than if you were doing, say, Coles or Woolies online shopping. You would tell them all the ingredients. Now, as they're picking out of the shelf. If they don't see the Thai green curry paste, it doesn't occur to them that actually oh, this no. is critical. It's, it's a know. part of a recipe. They they just they either give you nothing or they replace it with something randomly dissimilar. Um, exactly, which is the problem and, with that. Yeah, exactly. And so you get all these ingredients. You're going, that is awesome. Thank you for delivering all of that. But unfortunately, I can't make anything out of this. You know, um, and we had a situation where in one of the first weeks. Um, Somebody ordered a, I think it was like a lamb stir fry dish or something. And then we got there and the particular paste that she wanted wasn't there. And then we said, you know, what else would you like to try? And she went completely random and said, I want tacos. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the shopper had to quickly swap out all the ingredients and then get all the tacos ingredients in there. And they still got it done within the hour. So that's the beauty of when you're thinking about the meal as opposed to having to think about, 
individual ingredients. And so last, uh, but, but most certainly not least, what, how does it work money-wise? Uh, obviously, the cost of ingredients, let's say it's $25. What do you do? Do you charge a percentage or a fee? What, how does it work? Yeah, so at this stage, our goal is really just to break even to make sure that we compensate the shoppers. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a delivery fee that's attached. And on the items, sometimes we get lucky. So, for instance, if we get two orders coming at once, we might find that, you know, the bottle of Coke is two Cokes for three ah, bucks yeah, or something. Yeah. yeah, right. So the shopper gets to keep a bit of a special there because we pay them for each bottle individually and they get to make a bit of a deal on it. So um, at the oh, moment, wow. that's how they make the money. Sounds awesome. I, I, I worry about these things because they are such good ideas, but they require essentially such scale to really work. Um, and you know, I guess the, I, cool, I, the cool thing is like, People have looked at groceries in the past and people have looked at home-cooked food in the past, yeah. right? Um, a mistake or I, I think an avenue that most people do is they try to go all the way back to the source. Like they want to source the carrots and the chicken and everything straight from almost the farmers. We've turned around and said, you know, we live in Australia. We're so lucky. There's always a Coles or Woolies that's max five, ten minutes away, right? Um so we don't need to go build an entire distribution system. We don't need to go build all these warehouses. We just need to have great shoppers that are trained. And when they get the order, they can go shopping on your behalf at a Coles or a Woolies. Um, so for us, that means that it's so much easier to scale out. So we're actually, we had a few customers requesting Canberra. So we're waiting to see and we're waiting to train our first shopper there. And it'd be interesting to see what it's like in Canberra as well. Well, good luck with it, mate. I love the idea. I, I love your enthusiasm for it. It's uh, it's fantastic, and it's what the internet's all about, isn't it? And uh, it must be great and rewarding, and, and good luck to you, mate. I hope it all pays off for you. Thank you so much, Trevor. It might sound crazy what I'm about to say, but Trevor longs the world's best techie. Look, let's be clear, my little parody there, Farrell Williams, smashed it. I mean, well before Weird Al Yankovic came back. Do you remember Weird Al? Um, I remember him from Like a Surgeon and and Fat. Remember the, the takeoff of Bad? Uh, geez, that was a long time ago. Maybe I'm getting old, but uh, and I'm sure he's done some other songs, but I think they were all crap, basically. Um, but I put a story on EFTM today because he released a, a new, new song called Tacky, uh, which is a fantastic... Fantastic video clip, um, uh, Mickey taking the Mickey of the uh, Farrell song, featuring some some great people like Eric Stone Street from Modern Family and Jack Black. So well worth a look. Check it out at eftm.com.au. But also, there are a couple of products I want to tell you about um, that I've looked at in the last little bit. Um, Soul Republic um, headphone manufacturer with backing through Vodaf- um, sorry Motorola. Um, sent me some headphones called Trax Air. Now, these are pretty cool because um, it's weird. They come in a box and the actual earpieces are not attached to the to the strap that go, goes over your head. 
um, because it's all interchangeable. You can get funky new looking bands and stuff, but uh, they are not cheap, uh, <laughs> if, I, if I'm clear. Um, they are about $300, and um, they offer great sound. But here's why I love them. They've got the cable, but they've also got Bluetooth. And not only do they have a 15-hour battery life, they have a 45-meter range. So they've really boosted the antenna power of this thing. And 45 meters is a long way. That's that's walking around a big house. Um, so just because uh, you, you've got Bluetooth doesn't mean it's great. I've got to tell you, this is great. So they're called Sol, Sol Republic, S-O-L Republic. Um, they're called the Trax Air. And uh, they are um, 300 bucks. Great wireless range. Good sound. Uh, I've got no issues with them sound-wise. Um, and but they're a bit big on the ears, probably is my only complaint. So just keep an eye out for that. There, um, there's two colours available at Harvey Norman with JB Hi-Fi, Dick Smith, Move, and Tech to Go stocking another couple of um, colours later this month. So check them out at eftm.com.au. And our mates at the the Mac Gear Group who uh, bring in a few great products like the Bravens and uh, Moshi Cables and things um, have introduced a $100 fitness tracker. Now, $100 is low because a lot of these fitness trackers are $150-odd, um, and that's fine. But this one's a bit different. It's uh, It's got a good, uh, good length battery in it because it's a normal kind of clock battery, little watch battery. You know those 10-cent piece batteries, the CR2032s? Um, that's, that's cool. It's a little – it's called the Fitbug orb and it's a little little disc you can put the disc in your pocket you can clip it on your belt or it comes with a wristband uh monitors your sleep and your steps uh it's only 99 bucks uh look my only complaint was really the layout of the app but that's probably coming from someone who is almost addicted to my jawbone so i really noticed the difference um but look a great father's day gift potentially Available at selected Meyer stores, selected Telstra stores, as well as gadgetsboutique.com.au, beza.com.au, and nextbyte.com.au. Uh, it's called the Fitbug uh, Orb, the Orb by Fitbug. And uh, you can check it out at, uh, at eftm.com.au. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was really good. So um, I thought I would tell you about that one, and hopefully you get some, uh, some use out of it. Check it out, as I say, uh, eftm.com.au. Oh, my computer doing crazy things. Uh, now, cable internet's out tonight in Sydney. I'm recording on Tuesday night, and uh, yeah, it's crazy. Um, but anyway, Telstra, apparently the Homebush um, point of presence, the POP site, has a major technical outage, and uh, what it's caused is an outage for about 30,000 people. That's a lot of people. Um, so if you're in Sydney and you had an outage, because you're probably listening to this on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or something like that... Um, Hopefully, Telstra issues some sort of statement about it because there's not not a Zach mentioned about it on the uh, service status website. Interestingly, uh, although it now does say some broadband cable services may be unavailable, uh, so finally they've listed it there. Good on you, Telstra. Now, uh, the World Cup conversation on social media. This is the biggest sporting event to happen in the in the social media era. The Olympics in 2012 were big. But really, a couple of years on, there's a lot more people using social media. Twitter and Facebook both both put out some data. I'll try and dig up the Facebook stuff shortly. But for Twitter, and remember, this is a really public. Twitter is a public conversation. And it's also all about conversation. 
uh, it's, you know, it's all about sharing what you're thinking, seeing, and doing. 672 million tweets were sent relating to the World Cup. It's a lot. Uh, the biggest was the Brazil-Germany semi-final, 35.6 million tweets for a single event. That's a record. Um, the the new record for uh, scale was sent uh, by 618,725 tweets per minute at the moment that, that uh, Germany won the World Cup final. Um, the Socceroos Twitter account had a 48% uh, increase in followers, which is fantastic. Um, and if you really love this stuff, there is a fantastic heat map going around, which shows um, all of the, the conversation um, in, in kind of in a graphical form so you can see where it occurred in the world. And Australia pops up. Nowhere near as big as Europe and the Americas because they're just so big. But, well, you know, Sydney, Melbourne pop up. Don't worry about it. Now, with Facebook, uh, from June to July, over the period of the World Cup, 350 million people joined the conversation about the World Cup. Three billion interactions. Now, that's comments, likes, and posts. So the likes kind of skews that away from the the Twitter stats because you just got to click like on one post and, and you know you've added to the to the post. So it's a bit of a skewed stat. Um, and I, but just for the World Cup final. 88 million people generated 280 million interactions. So that's huge. Um, that, that is a really massive um, amount, of t- amount of conversation uh, that, that, that was going on there during the, uh, during the World Cup on Facebook. The, the, uh, the top players, um, easily the selfie by the German uh, players, um, was, was hugely shared on Facebook. Um, Brazil had 26% of all World Cup interactions in terms of coming from that area, in terms of Facebook. USA was next with 10%. Um, The five most engaged countries as a percentage of people on Facebook in those countries were Brazil, then Costa Rica, then Uruguay. Uh, And the top five countries in terms of unique people included Brazil, the USA, Mexico. Um, And it was dominated by men. Uh, 22% of the conversation on Facebook was men aged 18 to 24. Now, the Facebook stats are, are very detailed, and I think that shows the depth of their data, whereas Twitter really just says mm, scale, numbers. So it's, a, it's apples and oranges comparison. But still, amazing, amazing level of interaction on Facebook and Twitter around the World Cup. And I guess uh, the next Olympics is probably the next opportunity to to beat some of those records. Uh, you're listening to Your Tech Life. And that's a wrap. Thank you for uh, for listening. Welcome back. Um, I hope you had a good break. I assume you went on holidays like I did. Uh, episode 244 is in the can. Thank you to the good people at Garmin, Garmin Satellite Navigation, GPS Technologies. Uh, join me on Twitter, at Trevor Long. And uh, do say good day as to why you joined me, so you can I can know that you're a podcast listener. It's really nice to know, and um, and we'll talk again next week. Talking technology each and every week here on Your Tech Life. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long.